Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Well, we had two big games over the past weekend, round 16, which saw streaks shattered on both sides of the Swan River. We'll review those games and in just a moment, we'll have a chat with Subiaco coach Bo Wardman and we'll also cast the Player of the Year votes. Paul Persick with you in the back chat studios and joining me once again is Mark Foreman. Forey, big welcome to you, mate. G'day, Paul. Yeah, good to be back and another good round of waffle footy, even though we had a couple of teams with a buy, well, a few teams with a buy, but yeah, it was it was good to see and some big results too, like you said. Especially with the uh, the Frio Derby as well, a very storied streak, 15-0 going into the game, but uh, East Fremantle finally shattered it and Subiaco hitting their straps and uh, ending East Perth's winning run. Yeah, and I think we spoke about last week that Subi would have been a little bit annoyed at what happened a few weeks ago at Swan Districts and they've responded the last couple of weeks really strongly. Um, and yeah, as for the Frio Derby, well, I think we picked it, didn't we? Yeah, we did. We, yeah. went, we, we did go with East from Fremantle. Trying to break it. But um, yeah, there was obviously, there's obviously something about that. Like that's incredible. 15 games in a row, but uh, yeah, well done to the Sharks who were able to break it and, and really consolidate what they're doing at the uh, at the pointy end of the ladder. Absolutely. It was a very tense encounter over there at Fremantle, Fremantle Oval in front of a great crowd too, considering the weather. Now, we're in operation uh, on our socials. We've got uh, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really do appreciate it. It is the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Paul Persick and Mark Foreman for Around the Waffle. All right, Subiaco for it. What more can you say? They hit their straps. They were fired up after that loss to Swan Districts a couple of weeks ago, and they responded in a big way. A huge win over East Perth at Leadable Oval in the Battle of the Co-Tenants, and their coach, Bo Wardman, must have been very impressed with his performance, his side's performance, and he joins us here on today's show. Bo, good morning, mate. Uh, welcome to Around the Waffle. G'day, Paul. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Uh, must have been uh, a really important win for, for you guys, uh, considering the loss to Swan Districts a couple of weeks ago. Must have had the extra fire in the belly to beat uh, the top side on the ladder. Yeah, certainly. It's a uh, pretty tight competition at the moment. So every game and uh, every win's really important. So for the boys to come out and, uh, and really play a strong brand of footy, um, I think we've been sort of uh, there and thereabouts over the previous couple of weeks and, and hadn't got a couple of wins, but uh, we had a a bit of a um, form-boosting win against uh, Perth, and it was it was really good to, to execute against East Perth on the weekend. They certainly have got a, a formidable midfield and, uh, and have been a really high-scoring team throughout the season. Hey, Bo, at face value, the, the last couple of weeks have been really strong wins after, as we spoke about, uh, you know, probably what you consider a poor loss to Swan Districts. What was the message after that Swans game, and, and how have you seen the response since then? I think we we probably just let ourselves down with some of our uh, ball movement and execution against Swan Districts. I thought the the work rate and the appetite for the contest was certainly there um, in that game. Swans are a really good team and and have had a number of of really close results during the season. So I think their their form line is probably a little bit different to where their their ladder position is, and mm. we we recognise that. But we certainly let ourselves down with um, some execution going inside forward fifty and just. Um, really connecting across all, all three lines um, over the, those couple of weeks and it was probably just some, some bad periods uh, 15 or 20 minutes worth of footy um, where we let ourselves down but I think we, we knew that the, the base game plan was there and if we can stay at that long enough um, we know that we're going to 
probably win more games than we lose. Uh, and, and it was pleasing to see the boys um, really respond in, in our messaging um, leading up into the Perth game and then be able to continue that against um, really strong opposition against East Perth. What about uh, your Ruckman? Your informed Ruckman, Zach Clark, he did it again, 46 hit-outs and 24 disposals. How, how, do you, how do you rate his follow-up work, which is very, very important for any Ruckman in the WAFL? Yeah, no doubt. I think um, I sort of challenged Zach a little bit at, at quarter time. I thought um, probably wasn't wasn't playing to, to the level that we had come to expect uh, at that period of time, but testament to his character and just the way that he goes about it. He, he really responded. Um, he, he got the midfield to, to lift. As you mentioned, his, his follow-up work's been, been outstanding. He provides an option for us um, down the lines, able to push forward into attack, and there's, there's not too many defenders that are able to go with him. So um, he sort of uh, took took the game into his own hands, um, particularly after halftime, and, and was probably the difference uh, on Saturday, certainly. But he's had a really, really strong and consistent season, um, and we're really grateful that he's... Uh, been able to come back. He, he's played some good footy. He's, he's bringing great energy to the group and, and making some of the midfield guys really walk taller. Uh, Bo, sitting third and playing some really good footy and have done throughout the year, I think uh, perhaps a few people didn't have you maybe quite as high in their predictions. What, what about you? Has the group exceeded your expectations or is this the, the high standard you, you always expected and are happy to see? No, we sort of set ourselves up. Uh, Throughout the pre-season, obviously we disappointed in the, the last last year's result and probably wasn't as, as true to form. Um, but we were able to to blood a number of young guys that have come in and, and really consolidated their position this year with a with another pre-season under their belt. So we we recognise that the, the competition improves each, each year and, and different teams step up. And we were aiming to play finals again this year. Um, we. We certainly know that over the next three weeks, the, the ladder's really going to get shaped um, with a number of those games and can finish anywhere between first and fifth or um, if results uh, don't go certain teams' way to, to miss out with West Perth really coming at the back end. So we've, we've sort of just taken the approach that we wanted to play a, a really consistent brand, get back to the, the brand that I suppose most of Waffle followers have known Sue before, to be really resilient in games, um, to, to really fight out and I, I think in almost every game that we've played this year, we've been able to execute on that. So I think that the foundations are there for us. Um, we're building something that that will stand up in finals, we think. And uh, most of our guys have been fortunate to play in finals and grand finals. So if we can get to that point in the season, then uh, we're going to give a real good shake of it. Well, your side's got the bye this week, and the winners come at a very perfect time. And then in round 18, you've got the West Coast Eagles up at lead of all over. Congrats to the Lions on a great win. All the very best in two weeks' time against the Eagles. We really appreciate your time, Bo. Thanks very much. No worries. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the support of the Waffle. Bo Wardman, the coach of the Subiaco Football Club. And it has to be said, the club definitely has exceeded expectations considering where they were shaped up to be after missing the finals last year. And now getting back into the five, playing some really good footy at just the right time. It's all looking good for Bo Wardman and his side. Yeah, for sure. And that's sort of why I was interested to ask him about expectations. You're never going to have a coach say, oh, you know, we just sort of want to you know, build a season and hope for the best. Um, but it was interesting to say, oh, you know, if we make finals, we're doing, we're doing well. And I think they've probably, you know, judging by that, they probably have exceeded their own expectations because they're third with a genuine shot at finishing in that, inside that double chance territory. So uh, they've played really well. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking to a few people externally from Subi who, 
um, you know, have a vested interest. They've sort of said, yeah, I really like what they're doing and have exceeded expectations. So looking forward to seeing, you know, where they can take it. Uh, I think, they're, yeah, they're a, a real challenge this year. Yeah, we did forecast uh, last week on, uh, on Around the Waffle that they would rise up to that double chance. And like we said, they're playing some good footy. The forward line's functioning well, and so is their midfield. So they're looking absolutely polished. And to beat a side like East Perth, who have been in rampaging form in the last seven or eight weeks, is uh, a real statement. Yeah, and as you touched on there as well, they've got probably the dominant player of the competition who's making... A serious, serious impact every week he plays in Zach Clark. Um, that's ridiculous. 46. I mean, we'll touch on this game in a second, but 46 hitouts, 24 disposals. My God. One word, domination. Yeah. Absolute domination. He was fantastic. We'll recap that game in just a moment. But before we do, just a reminder that every game in round 17 this weekend of the WAFL, four games taking place in round 17, is live, free, and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle, Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. All right, let's get to the two games for you. First off, the Derby at Fremantle Oval. The Sharks, the one in 15 and one at last, conquering that final hurdle, defeating South Fremantle. And what was a very tense encounter for you by just the 12 points? And again, as was becoming a habit, the Bulldogs got the jump. But as was the habit, the Sharks came back into the game and South Fremantle faded. Yeah, and Derby's always full of momentum shifts. Oh, yeah. You know, to an extent, it doesn't even really matter what sport it is. When, when you get two serious rivals like this, they're... Uh, there's always going to be times when one team's on top and you've got to try and rest that momentum back. So uh, like you said, they were able to do it. And it absolutely would have been in their mind. We spoke last week to uh, was it Harry Marsh. Harry Marsh, uh, yeah, yeah. About uh, the sort of mentality of, you know, having lost 15 in a row. It, it's got to play some sort of factor and I'm sure it would have been in their minds. But uh, that, that's, you know, that's credit to them. And, and they showed the resolve to be able to, you know, not only overturn a deficit, but overturn a 15-game losing streak uh, to, for a really good win. And and like we said, how, like that is so important for for their ladder standing. So now sitting second um, on percentage above Soupy. Now, the same could be said for Bill Monaghan as far as, you know, the interest around the streak. Because I spoke with him at the ground just before the game. I was doing the call for the AFL app. And I spoke to him before the game as the players were warming up. And you could see that there was a sharp focus in Bill's mind and a sharp focus in the players' mind that they were just as determined as anything to beat South Fremantle and end that streak. And they did just that. And he had a huge smile on his face after the game. But uh, now East Fremantle, they were fantastic in that last quarter, especially. They were behind the eight ball for much of it. But South Fremantle, having said that, they were playing some really good football. They looked a little more polished after quarter time. And in the second and third quarters, they were using the ball a lot more efficiently. They had Jimmy Miller dominating in the ruck. Uh, His versatility from a forward to a ruck has been outstanding. His adaptability in, that, in those situations. Tom Bletchard, and he saw plenty of the ball. So too, Jake Florenka. And Brandon Donaldson, we spoke about him playing a vital swing yeah. roll up forward. He started in the pocket, kicked four goals. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're, they're the sort of moves that can overturn uh, sort of, you know, games like that and deficits like that as well. So, um, yeah, that, that's a huge move. And uh, John O'Marsh, pretty good as well. And, you know, missed a few shots at goal, but... Um, you know, he was still able to capitalise and kick three himself. That was a game I needed to see him perform. I needed to see him play <laughs> that sort of game, flood the scoreboard and 
get, be high on confidence because he's, he's a, a huge confidence player. He needs to have a good start in the first quarter, and that'll set the tone for the rest of the game. He got a good start, kicked an early goal, got the Sharks pumping, and he kicked three goals, four, flooded yeah. the scoreboard. Yeah, a bit inaccurate in front of goal, but he was able to contribute to some vital goals for Montalban and also a couple of other goals to Ben Maguire and Hugh Dixon as well. He was involved in a lot of those goals, and I reckon three goals for a side, that's one of his best games. Yeah, and you can... I think we did touch on this last week as well. You can often spot the players who have that AFL exposure because they tend to stand up in games like that. And he certainly did. You know, he took five marks and, and was following up well as well, like tackled really strongly. I think it was, I think he laid five tackles. So, five, yeah. Um, yeah, to hit the scoreboard in that way was really good. Hugh Dixon was the other one who I thought, you know, had, had a really strong impact. Um I mean, 19 touches isn't groundbreaking, but he is a ruckman, so he's done pretty well there and was able to really use his presence and, and kicked a goal as well. So they're the sort of players that are invaluable in, in waffle footy, and they certainly showed that. We'll touch on a couple of more players who polled in that game for the Player of the Year votes in just a moment, but we'll get into the second game. Over at Leaderville Oval, of course, uh, East Perth were looking to make it nine wins in a row. Subiaco, keep in touch with uh, that top two bracket and hope for a home qualifying final. The Lions got it done, 15-5 to 7-12. East Perth, and I'll say it, I'm happily eating humble pie right now. I said East Perth wouldn't drop a game. They did drop it, so I think they'll have to be after me for a moment. But uh, no, credit to Subiaco. They played some great football. They looked very polished. They looked very disciplined, especially in midfield. And they got the job done, especially after a 5-2 to two goal first quarter. Yeah, they did. You had me really worried when I went against you last week, Paul. I yeah. was tipping Subiaco, but I'm... Yeah, come out on top of that. I don't. Yes. I don't get many wins, Paul. So I've got to celebrate <laughs> them when I can. Absolutely. Um, they were good, uh, and, and like we just you know spoke with Tabo, uh, almost um, not not overachieving, but certainly exceeding expectations and playing really good footy and and starting to play the footy at the right end of the year as well. So um, it was yeah really polished, and you could tell they came out with a, a vigor, really strong start, and um, yeah. You know, we're never going to relinquish that. Looking at that first quarter, five goals to two, it was clear that purpose was evident right from the start. You know, they wanted to play a much more aggressive, more fiery brand of football, especially after that loss to Swan Districts, where they almost had it in the bag and blew it in the last couple of minutes. But they knew they needed to have a good start against a finals contender, fellow finals contender in East Perth, to get any momentum. And like we said, we had Zach Clark dominating again, 46 hitouts. Favourite for the Sandover medal. We've said this for weeks. Mm. He should be the firm favourite for that pre- uh, prestigious medal. The Hickman boys again were terrific 24 touches for Liam Hickmont only 13 for Will but he took eight very good marks on the defensive half and the forward line very impressed with how the forward line functioned you had the likes of Taj Schofield Ryan Borchett and Ben Sokol in and amongst the goals they kicked 10 goals between them and I was very impressed in particular with Sokol he's finally able to get himself back into true form as a forward who can flood the scoreboard with good kicks at goal yeah and and guys like that so you know someone like Sokol that you don't he doesn't need many opportunities um and to kick three goals from I think he only had I think he had seven kicks so um you know invaluable because it's almost like if you kept quiet for two or three quarters you can still pop up and we've seen him do it for for years in the in the in the waffle and yeah he's done it again and and stood up in a really big game while for East Perth they they were due to lose a game, some may say, but this was maybe the right game they wanted to lose to, you know, especially against a finals contender in Subiaco. This one will spur them on for the rest of the season, and if they meet Subiaco again in the finals, they'll have a lot to learn from this game on how to take on Subiaco's game plan and how to just outsmart them at the coalface. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you 
you take whatever you can from from any outing and a loss to Subi, they will certainly be able to figure out what went wrong and, and how to fix it. But uh, they, I don't think they ever would have said, oh, you know, we needed to lose one. <laughs> I, you know, I don't think any team would say that. Uh, they'll be annoyed and, and, yeah, perhaps perhaps we'll use it to spur them on. Um, and I think they had a few players down. They did, um, yeah. yeah, which uh, is going to happen. It's a long season. We're in the middle of winter. Things can drag. These guys, most of them were all working full time and stuff like that. So you can have down weeks. And I think that's just what's happened to East Perth. You know, take nothing away from what they've done this season. And they, they're going to be right there at the, the pointy end. Obviously, they're our ladder leaders. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, they are there for a reason. Absolutely. We'll go to that ladder after round 16. East Perth still on top, 44 points. East Fremantle will jump into second with that win over their arch rivals. Subiaco third. Claremont dropped to fourth, and they have a must-win game at the Wacker on Saturday against the Sharks. Peel Thunder are in fifth. West Perth still a couple of games behind in sixth, and then go Swan District, South Fremantle, Perth, and the West Coast Eagles rounding out the bottom half of the ladder after 16 rounds of competition. Another month of footy to go before the finals. It's going to be a real exciting stage in the season when uh, the run home to the finals and who finishes in the final five is going to be filled with intrigue. Uh, it will, and we're still, you know, watching with, uh, you know, anticipation to see if uh, anyone from that five, it's, it's probably only Peel, uh, will drop out. Uh, West Perth, as Bo Warman said, snapping at their heels and um, are, are going to give, you know, Peel a bit of a fright. Claremont, you'd they need to drop three games, so they're probably solidified. But, uh, yeah, it's it's looking to be a really nice run home. Certainly will be. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. And just a reminder, every game in Round 17 is live, free, and in full on the AFL app. You're with Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. All right, you know what time it is for you. The Player of the Year ah. votes, Round 16. And, of course, we only had two games this weekend. And, of course, we'll have uh, players from the same team, multiple players from the same team polling votes. When uh, Only two games. I was pretty gutted. There's no golden grunt this week. Yeah. The Swans didn't play. Don't worry. They will uh, this coming weekend when the, Bulldogs play, when the Swans play South from Andal. I'm excited. Fantastic. I know you love that golden grunt. Uh, get, get a hashtag going at every uh, Swans game. Hashtag golden grunt. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, I actually met... The guy. I met Grunt oh, last, yeah? uh, when I was at Steel Blue Oval last week. Yeah, great dude. Burps all the time. Yeah, <laughs> No wonder. Why it's called the Golden Grunt. <laughs> no wonder, there indeed. All right, let's get to the votes. One vote, Ryan Borchette from Subiaco. Four goals. Uh, his form-up forward really needed a big boost, and that's exactly what he delivered. Four goals and a great uh, performance inside 50. Two votes from a losing team, but at Jimmy Miller, his, his effort in the ruck, mm. just outstanding. 40 hit-outs, 15 disposals, four inside 50s too. His follow-up delivery and service to that forward 50 for much of that game was absolutely terrific. Jonathan Marsh, he gets the three votes uh, from East Fremantle. Again, he was involved in a lot of those goals and definitely one of his best performances this season in a very long time. Four votes, Zach Clark. He continues mm. to poll. He's just getting consistent with uh, with polling votes. Uh, 46 hit-outs, 24 disposals, seven marks, four tackles and four inside 50. I thought you might have him at, at the uh, the number five. But it's not this week, no. but it goes to the Around the Waffle <laughs> top gun of round 16 goes to Fraser Turner of East Fremantle. The South Australian, since coming over here to WA, his work rate is just improving week by week by week. And the way he was able to gather disp- gather possession of the football and effectively dispose of it, uh, especially when playing the ball out wide when uh, South Fremantle were taking control of that game midway through, was just that uh, impressive. So a job well done to Fraser Turner. Yeah, like you said, it's one thing to win the footy, but to use it well is, is obviously critical. And he seems to have a, a bit of a gift in that area. So... Uh, I haven't seen him play all that much. I've seen once or twice and been super impressive. So looking forward to uh, 
yeah, to watching him in the back half of the year. He'll be a really important player for, for uh, the Sharks. Solid footy IQ. He's got Fraser Turner and a job very well done to him in getting the five votes for round 16. Now, the leaderboard. After 16 rounds, we've got four rounds still remaining to determine the player of the year. Zach Clark, he stretches his lead a little bit to five votes uh, ahead of Jarvis Pina and Jai Bolton, who are tied for second. Mitch Crowden uh, for East Perth. He is in fourth. And Milan Murdoch on nine. He's in fifth, uh, tied with Tyler Keitel. And rounding out the top 10, uh, each on eight votes are Aidan Clark, Tom North, and Fraser Turner, who jumps into that top 10. And in 10th is Jimmy Miller from South Fremantle. Four rounds to go, Forey, and the uh, Player of the Year race is really heating up. It, yeah, it is. Some good names there, isn't it? It's, uh, and it's funny, like, you know, you get a best on ground and you just can shoot yourself up that leaderboard. So uh, it is very condensed there, Zach Clark, obviously, and, and rightly so, leading the way. But it is a tight leaderboard. Certainly is. Anything can happen in the, the last four rounds of the season. Sure can. And, um, you know, th- these are the games when players start to stand up, you know, vying for make sh- making sure that they're trying to get that top three position and the double chance and... Uh, you yeah, the, the the class players will really show their stuff. And, of course, it all begins in that round 17 this weekend, four games on Saturday. Looking forward to proving it on Thursday with you, Forey. Likewise, Paul. Yeah, look forward to it. I'll see you then. And we thank you to all our listeners and our viewers for tuning in to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Uh, and, by the way, every game in round 17 this weekend is live, free, and in full on the AFL app. We also have socials in operation, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really do appreciate it. We look forward to your company on Thursday to preview a big Round 17. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.